Good morning, Rabotai. Good morning. Breakfast today in the class is sponsored of Rachel Batsara by Mitchell Jamal and in loving memory of Lillian Lee Rishti, Lillian Nishmat Le'abat Mazal, sponsored by her daughter uh, uh, Robin Beda. The Gemara in Berachot on page 61 tells us a remarkable story. The Gemara says as follows Once upon a time, the Romans decided and they ruled that it was illegal for the Jewish people to teach Torah. Instead of uh, sitting doing nothing, this certain man, his name was Papos Ben Yehuda. He was gathering many, many people, thousands and thousands of people, and he was teaching them Torah publicly without any regard. For the, for the Roman decree. So he comes up to Rabbi Akiva and he says to him, Amar le Akiva, I Are you not afraid of the government? They're going to catch you and they're going to kill you. Amar lo. Listen to what Rabbi Akiva says. He says, let me tell you a mashal to what this, is compa- what this can be compared to. Famous mashal. What's the mashal? There's once a fox walking on the banks of the river. And he sees fish that are swimming uh, from place to place. He says to the fish, I see that you're all swimming in a school together in a specific uh, uh, patterns and in a specific direction. It must be you're running away from something. Amru Law, they said to him, the reason why we're swimming is because there are nets cast in the water by the fishermen. And if we're not careful, they're going to take us out of the, out of the water and, and kill us and eat us. Says the fox, Do you want to come out to dry land? Maybe you could come on dry land and you and I can live together in peace and harmony like our forefathers. I don't know what that means, is a discussion for another day. They said to the fox, you're the animal that they say that you're the wisest, the cleverest of all the animals. You're a dib. You're not a smart guy, just a, a, a fool. If in the place of our life we're afraid, i.e. the water, in a place where we're going to die, how much more so? You take us out of the water, for sure we're going to die. Rabbi Akiva tells Papus, so too, Now that we're sitting and learning Torah, that it says regarding it, it is your life and the length of your days. If still, if this is the way we are, if we abolish the Torah and stop learning it, which is our very breath, our oxygen, how much more so? Rav Mordechai Gifta asks a piercing question. Every mashal, the point of a mashal, of a homily, of a metaphor, is in order to be able to help someone understand it better. Sometimes you go to a speech or a class and a rabbi will say a point. And I'll say, I want to tell you a story. And the story that he says makes exactly the same point that he made before. Let me explain. Let me explain. Imagine I give you like this. I tell you, it's very important to look both ways before you cross the street. You know why? Because once I heard a story, there was an old man, and he told his son, look both ways before you cross the street. We see from here, he didn't tell me anything more. 
You said exactly the same thing in a mashal. It didn't add anything. If the mashal gives you something, a deeper insight, then it was worth the time it took to say it. If not, it adds nothing. Says Reb Gifter, why in the world did Rabbi Akiva, who was conscious of every moment that he was wasting, and he could use it for the proper thing, tell him this whole fairy tale, this Aesop's fable. All the fable said was the point, that you can't live without the thing that gives you life. So Rabbi Akiva should have said to him, you want me to stop teaching? I can't. Torah is my oxygen. Without it, I'm dead. Rabbi Gifta says something remarkable. He says the hamchasha, the imagination that the story brings to life, the ability to communicate what Rabbi, what Rabbi Akiva wanted to say to Papos was not there without the mashal. Because in essence, what he wanted to draw his attention to is what would happen if the fish actually went onto the shore. You know what happens when you take a fish onto shore? It doesn't just die. What's the first thing a fish does when you pull it onto the deck of the boat? Flaps around, is jumping up and down, and then what happens? It dies. Rabbi Akiva was communicating to Papos. He says, you're asking me what I'm doing. You're asking me why I'm teaching Torah. Look, what he's in effect asking is, there are many other things you could do. Look at how many more fun things, safe things, beneficial things I could be doing with my time. When the fish is jumping up and down, it looks like it's dancing. Anyone who doesn't know anything about fish thinks, wow, you saved him. A minute ago, he was just sitting there in the water. He wasn't even moving. Maybe a little flick of his fin, a little, you know, maybe a little bit of a, his tail. He kind of swished his tail. It didn't look like he was doing anything. Now you put him on the ground, he's doing the horror. Up and down, up and down. It looks like he's living life. Meanwhile, all of those things, which look like he's jumping and he's dancing, are actually... They are the death throes of the fish as he uh, flips and flaps back and forth trying to get back to the thing that's going to give him a little bit of oxygen, a little bit of air to breathe. Says Rabbi Akiva to Papus, I don't think you understand. I don't look at everyone else around and see a better result than what I'm getting from my Torah and mitzvot. I see less than. Rabbi the Pasuk teaches us, Zot chukat Torah, this is the law of the Torah. It's the unintelligible law of the Torah. It's the law which defies logic. Because human beings, we think we are connoisseurs of life. We think we know how to appreciate, how to understand life. And here's a guy sitting there drinking a wine. It's yayin, it's yayin nesech, or maybe it's not yayin nesech, it's stam yenam. He ordered it in a non-kosher restaurant. He says to you, what are you going crazy for? Non-kosher wine. Rabbis made this up, made this law up when we came here. It's the black hat introduction. This idea of what it's just grapes that are squeezed. Fickney. It's not pig. There's no pig in there. How many times have I heard that? There's no pig in there. Pig is not the only thing that's not kosher. There's lots of things that are not kosher. One of the things that's not kosher is wine that wasn't handled and produced by a Jew. Open up the Gemara. Open up the Shulchan Aruch. You'll find it there. So here's the guy saying, let me enjoy my wine. Leave me alone. You don't understand how to appreciate life. That's why you're happy to follow in the rules and follows in the, in the laws of the Torah. Meanwhile, Rabbi Akiva said to him, trust me, I know what life is like. Not only that, Rabbi Akiva did not grow up religious. He was the one that was capable of saying, I have people tell me this all the time, Rabbi, you must have been a rebel. If you communicate with us in a way that we understand, you for sure, you had your times, 
You had your days, you sowed your wild oats, and then you went back to being a rabbi. I said, I tell you, my father's a rabbi, my mother's a rabbinite. You know, the worst thing I ever did was I ditched school and I went to a concert. You know which concert it was? It was Avraham Freed. That was my rebel moment. Shoot this guy. You know, I thought I was such a bad guy it that day. It wasn't a hurry. It wasn't, it wasn't a hurry. <laughs> I, think, I, think if, I think if I went to Nahari, they wouldn't have suspended me from yeshiva. They would have said, wow, you know, you went to here, Pismonim, Piyutim, okay? So you understand. So they think, you know, you're a rabbi. You don't understand. You don't understand the joys, the pleasures that life has to offer. To that, the Torah responds and says, I don't think you understand. I don't think you understand. You're right, I don't understand the pleasures of the world. But I'm also right, because you don't understand the pleasures of the book, the wisdom that it has, what it feels like when a person is completely engulfed, immersed in Torah. Rabbi Akiva was trying to communicate to him. In order to understand it, you got to be like a fish. You can't just drink water. Why didn't he say, you know, there's animals in the, in the Maasai Mara, in the Serengeti. You know, they travel miles to find water holes in the summer. Why did Rabbi Akiva give him an example of, a, a, of an antelope, of a, what's it called? Of a, you know, what's the, what, what are those animals in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the Lion King? The wildebeest. They travel hundreds or thousands of miles. Why don't you talk about them? You know why? They also could die of thirst. But that's not the way a person appreciates Torah. Torah needs to be an immersive experience. Only Rabbi Akiva could teach this message. Only someone who went away for many years at a time. He came back for, after 12 years. His wife said to, his, her, to her friend, and he overheard him, if only he would study another 12 years. He didn't even knock on the door. He went back. That's what you want? That's what you want? Okay, no problem. Shalom bait. Okay, fine. He, he realized he, had, he was off. He went back. It's an immersive experience. If your phone's on next to your Gemara, even if you learned for an hour but you kept doing this, you didn't get in the water. So you can't understand what I'm trying to tell you. Someone who really understood this was Chacham Ovadia Yosef. There's a story they say over in the name of Rabbi David Ozeri. He came to his house once a long time ago to spend some time. And he said to him, can you show me my room? Before Shabbat, can you show me where I'm sleeping? You know what I would have done? All of us, you know, you go to a hotel, you say, can I get the upgrade? Is there a better room? Is there another one? Can I be the extra living room space? Chamovadi is asking, show me my room. Rabbi Ozeri is thinking, what's, how he cares which room he's sleeping in. You know, he wants to know if he's getting the master bedroom with the ensuite. suite. So he goes in the room, Chamovadi is looking at the room. He's wondering what he wants. Do you want to choose the pillow? Like in the Western, which uh, firmness of the pillow? Chamovadia says, I'm looking to see if there's a way that I could put on a light that would stay on over Shabbat, that I'd be able to learn in the night, but that still wouldn't bother my wife. So they try the light on like this. Chamovadia wasn't sure that his wife would be able to sleep. So he said, you know what, the only thing I could advise you is, he said, put the light on in the closet, and then you open the door a little bit. Maybe the angle that you open it won't shine on the bed. She won't wake up. Chamovadia said, okay, all right, we'll see. You know? The next morning, the rabbinit says to Rabbi Ozer, I just want you to know, last night, my husband, he came in, he opened the door. He was still worried. He was still worried that, uh, what's it called? That, I, that it would be too much life for me to sleep. So you know what he did? He took his chair that you gave him to keep the door open, and he put it in the closet, and he closed the closet door. How do I know? In the morning, I found him still sitting, learning, inside the closet with the lights on. 
You see how beautiful it is to be immersed in Torah in this way, but also to be immersed in Midot Tovot, to not allow your zeal for Torah to spill over its banks and make you forget that half of the Torah is about how you treat somebody else. This is the idea of Kihem Hayenu, the Orech Yamenu. It's an immersion. Rabotai, the world offers many things, but it is in our power to understand that the, those things that the world offers are illusory at best. I've never been to Las Vegas, Baruch Hashem. But many people come back and they tell me, you know what, it's amazing. I went to this mall and the sun was rising on the roof of the mall and 20 minutes later the sun sets and the stars come out. It's the most amazing thing. And I thought to myself, if that isn't the most accurate description and depiction of a place like that, a place that offers all of the ta'avot, all the desires that this world has to offer, and it can make you think that it's night, and it can make you think that it's day, and there's no clocks on the wall in the casino, because everything else outside of the immersion in Tumah ceases to matter. All it is, is what we want you to feel, what we want you to think, what we want you to be experiencing. Rabotai, that same trick that the Yetzirah has, that he can make you feel whatever he wants when he's got you in his clutches, Torah has the same thing, just on the good side. That when you're involved in it, nothing else matters. All of a sudden, the car, the house, the extra thing, they become unimportant. The most important things that shine out is your morality, your wisdom, your care for another, the way you treat your wife, the way you speak to your friend, your honesty in business, the way you hold yourself and comport yourself in public. Chilul and Kiddush Hashem become everything. Because that is what happens when we descend once again to become a people of the book. May we be zocheh to dip in its waters, to taste from its sweetness, and to understand ki hem chayenu v'orech yamenu. Bahem nehege, Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen.